Hello, everyone. It's so uh, great to be with you all today, tonight, whatever time you're listening to the podcast or watching the video cast. I'm Michael Dismuke. I am a freelance writer with Star Trek Adventures RPG and the lead writer on Captain's Log, which is the latest solo RPG craze that's been dropping uh, recently. Um, I'm also a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And of course, let's go to our inestimable Second time I've messed up pronouncing that. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's practice. Irreplaceable. Jim Johnson. Hey, everybody. Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log solo RPG, both published by Modifius Entertainment, a co-host on this here show with Michael. Load these 90-some episodes now. We're moving toward number 100. Super exciting. Don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be an extravaganza gala Super, whatever. Well, fragile, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing. Fragicalagicious. It, it might just be us talking <laughs> like we usually do. Anyway, so uh, we're back again with another great episode. Uh, and uh, we have uh, a returning guest. We're super excited to have BC Holmes here. So, BC, introduce yourself, please. Sure. I'm BC Holmes. I'm the current maintainer of the Star Trek Adventures character creator application at sta.bchomes.org. That's yeah. right. And if you all don't know, who BC is and don't know about the character creator, then you're you're new. You're you're wet behind the ears because it's one of the best tools that we use for Star Trek adventures, right? Right, Jim? Absolutely. And Michael, I'll just tell you that your your audio just exploded like 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 when you when you started talking there. So you were like mellow and then it went super loud. Okay. How's so, this? Uh, is this better? Uh, I mean, now it's back to where it was. So I, I don't know. <laughs> There's a tech issue, but we, we can we can just soldier on, right? Okay, so, I'll figure it out. I'll figure well, it out. So loud. <laughs> Again, it's loud now. No, right now it's good. It's coming back and forth. Anyway, it's okay. Fine. I'm leaving it alone. I'm not touching it's anything. It's just you. It's it's not BC. But anyway, hey, uh, BC, I'm super excited to have you on again. Um, and gosh, fans, if you haven't updated your link to the to the character builder, definitely, definitely, definitely update your link so that you're going to BC's site and not to the old SCA. Uh, Star Trek Adventures, uh, Modifius, Hosting UK, whatever that old URL is. That one is old, out of date, no longer maintained. Please make sure you're you're shifting over to the BC Homes version. Uh, we try to make sure that people on Discord and the Facebook group and Reddit and all the other sites know that. But that that old one is still kind of out there. And um, I'm not sure we can actually get hold of the person to just like shut it off. But uh, um, please make sure you're driving to, to BC because BC is putting some amazing, amazing stuff in that application. And it's like every time I look at it, there's something even cooler in there. And I'm like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? All, the, all these cool toys to play with. And of course, I don't have any time to play with any of it anyway, but I still find, you know, 20 minutes every now and then to like just click around and play with it. And ooh, what's going to come next? What's going to happen next? So um, where do you want to start, Michael? Well, I, I, oh, go can ahead, I make Casey. a comment, please. Yeah. So I was looking up this the other day and I, I came, I realized, so we're recording this today on July the 31st, but I realized it was on August 14th, 2021, that I actually first put the, that version of the website up. So it's almost two years wow. right now. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. And, and there's been so many updates because we had you on the show probably about a year ago. I think it's 
been six months maybe six months is six months okay it's been too long that's the point (laughs) but either way but either way um there's been so many advancements and so what i thought we were going to do jim with bc tonight is really talk about some of the updates that are coming on and then i'm going to be plowing bc with questions about captain's log (laughs) if there's going to be an adaptation of of it for captain's log so so bc why don't you start with us tell us about what you're most excited about that you've done in the way of updates recently (laughs) So I think since the last time I, I came on the show, uh, there's really about four really big updates. Now, there's always like little things here. I'm adding new books. Um, just the patent. The, this past weekend, uh, I got some of the lower deck support in. Um, so that's, that always happens, you know, like <laughs> there's, there's this little thing here or somebody talks to me about something there and this little thing gets changed, et cetera. But I think there's four big changes uh, that I'm kind of excited about. Um, the first one, probably isn't as exciting to most people, but I'm actually really excited about it. And that is that uh, there's some internationalization support, by which I mean the app now supports multiple languages in, in, in addition to English. So if you have a browser that says you're a German user or you have a browser that says you are a French user, you'll see the app in German and French. Now, it's not 100% translated. <laughs> you know, I, I would guesstimate it's probably like 50% translated at this point. But, you know, within the last six months, we've managed to get a lot of the content updated so that, you know, people whose primary language isn't English can actually use it. Um, wow. How do you... Is, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just want to ask a question about the translation on that, then. How does it work with Technobabble? Is that hard? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so uh, where do where I get the translations from is that uh, people have been volunteering to do some translation for me, which has been really, really cool. Um, so for example, there's a user beta tester uh, on the forums, on Discord, et cetera. Uh, but, but beta tester has been doing a lot of the French translation and, you know, just seems to do it as a as as a as a passion project much the way I do the the work as a passion project and and fortunately beta tester is able to bring in like you know what are the terms that people use in France for klingons for example how do you translate the word klingon into oh now i want to know French and stuff like that <laughs> do you, <laughs> so know, do you really know the answer to that <laughs> i i could look it up very quickly but i don't know what off the top of my head <laughs> That's cool. And so like phrases like, you know, United <laughs> Federation of Planets and stuff like that are phrases that, you know, have official translations that are used in, in like the show in France. Um, but now they're in the, the app as well. <laughs> That's a time that's funny because, you know, I've watched Voyager so many times that I'm now watching it with in French with English subtitles. My mom's French speaking. And so, mm-hmm. so this is like so cool that you're doing that. <laughs> Yeah, there was a post on uh, on the forums a while ago. Somebody uh, in one of the Global South countries was was asking about a Spanish version of it. <clears throat> and at the time, you know, we didn't support internationalization at all. Um, but, you know, that kind of got me thinking, hey, I bet that there's something we could do about this. And so I, I started looking into that. And, and, uh, and sadly, Spanish <clears throat> is the language that has progressed the least because I don't really have a person who's, who's helping me with translations on that. Um, but... Boy, howdy! Have I discovered there's a lot of German users. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's so many German users. <laughs> Jim, do you find that in the way of popularity of the game? Are you finding that the countries that that BC, BC's referencing are? I, mean, uh, I, I are, don't, I don't, I don't get a lot of data on uh, on that kind of stuff uh, from our side of things because I, I don't, I don't think it's just something that uh, 
we've thought to share necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm always excited, Michael, when you send me your reports from uh, continuing mission and you're talking about all the different uh, regions and countries that that come to the come to the continuing mission site. And I'm excited to hear about uh, the 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 build character builder too. Um, I do know we have a strong fan base in Germany and Poland and of course the UK and America. And certainly Australia, too, I think is a strong one. Um, and then certainly a smattering in other countries. But I don't really know hard numbers uh, personally. I, I wish I did because I, I would love to just have a better understanding of it. Um, I know that there is a, a cadre of people in uh, Italy and Spain that are asking for translations. Uh, but one of the challenges there is just finding a, a partner in the country who wants to publish you know, RPG books and, and put the time and effort into translating. So it sounds to me, BC, like a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of countries are, are potentially going to get a translation of the character builder before they get the book, <laughs> before they get the, <laughs> the line, you know, translated into, into different languages. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel for them. Cause like, I wish we could support everybody, but uh, it's just, uh, it's just the nature of the beast is just challenging. Is that a possible positive use for AI translation? I know I have a player in my game, my tabletop game. Mm -hmm. She speaks Korean and she's been using ChatGPT to translate my story into Korean so that she could understand it better. And, and even the terms from the game, I, I posted an article about on continuing missions. Is that something that might be possible? Well, I have no idea. Yes-ish. Um, so when you look at things like Google Translate, like they don't, use the word AI when they talk about that, but under the covers, that's just statistical translation. You know, these, when we see these English phrases there by statistics, usually translated into these phrases, that's a, that's the essence of AI as well. Um, Google Translate is pretty good, but not perfect. <laughs> um, and that's probably gonna be true for a while. Um, so I, I found, for example, when I did like the really rough pass on the very first version of, of the French translation, I used I used Google Translate on a bunch of things. And then, you know, like the French speakers came to me like, wow, that was a really weird choice of word that you got there. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's just the nature of Google Translate. <laughs> Fascinating. Well, that's great. I mean, I love that you're embracing the infinite diversity and infinite combination, trying to, to make this tool, this fun tool more accessible. That's so such a cool update. Yeah, so that's number one. Uh, number two is that there's a new NPC generator in the app. So um, <laughs> there's not a there's you can't generate any type of character, but you can generate a large number of NPC characters. So, for example, if you suddenly need to have, you know, three security officers to go and try to fight, you know, the aliens that have boarded Deck 12 or something like that, um, you can go into the, the site and you can generate minor, major or notable NPCs um, and it will generate stats for them, come up with some values when applicable, come up with some foci when uh, focuses when applicable. Um, and give them names and choose, you know, species for them, et cetera. And wow, the the effort I went into, like we we're talking about diversity earlier, like it mattered to me that, you know, I wasn't just always presenting Anglo-Saxon names for all of these characters. So I spent a lot of time like getting this database of like different names. There's a lot of <laughs> wide variety of names. And <laughs> so I ended up I, like <laughs> Yeah. 
I just want to tell you, I've been using this already. Okay. So I've been using it in my game, tabletop and discord. And one of the things I noticed I wanted to actually ask you about, I've noticed that the focuses are actually expanded from the focuses that are in the different compendiums and the different modules. So talk to me about that. Cause I love focuses. Anyone knows me. So, so talk to me. If, did you program additional ones? How'd you come up with yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, so basically for each specialization. So uh, I think I've got like a few categories of focuses. So like each specialization. So if you're a security guard or something like that, I have I have focuses that are things like, you know, you know, phasers and, you know, <laughs> um, sneaky stuff or what have you, you know, stuff that's very security oriented. Um, ground tactics, et cetera. Then I have like, you know, focuses that might be a bit more applicable to your species. And then I have focuses that, you know, might just be recreational focuses. And those can vary, you know, Klingon, Klingons will have different recreational focuses than say Federation members will, et cetera. And yeah. I, I just, I, I probably went overboard with, you know, throwing in all these, you know, references to obscure bits of Trek lore, et cetera. I, I, <laughs> so, I'm dying. What's what's getting me is where you got me addicted on this is I'm sitting here generating characters to try to see if I can get through all the focuses. Like I have, <laughs> I just did one while we're on the phone, uh, while we're on the Zoom call and personal safety equipment comes up and I'm like, oh, what a great focus, you know? And so I, I'm wondering, are you going to have a master list anywhere so I can see all the focuses <laughs> you put in here? Because it's killing me probably extract them but there's a lot of them and every time i turn around i think of another one i think oh i should add that to such and such <laughs> i love it i love it i'm curious bc I, at one point and correct me if i'm wrong this is this is my my faulty memory probably uh at, at one point the builder was limited to everything that modifius had created right so it was modifius talents and focuses and character stuff and uh, species and ships and all that stuff at, at one point you had you or the previous builder had kept it limited to just what was in the modifius books because i remember at one point there was a conversation about do did, did we want to start adding in like the continuing mission archives of awesome species and ship and all that stuff that's on continuing mission and 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 for a while there we or not we but you didn't add it in um but now that i'm hearing that you're adding some original focuses are you thinking about kind of expanding the scope of the character builders to start bringing in uh like fan-made mm -hmm. species and fan-made ships and other stuff like that yeah so i mean i've always been really interested in trying to you know use all of the stuff that's at our disposal um i think that Part of the reason I haven't included a lot of the continuing mission stuff is I haven't really had a conversation with Michael about doing that. Yeah. It's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yours. I mean, just from a, from a practical standpoint, I wonder, because I, I, I know a lot of fans, when they hit the builder, they'll find... Um, they'll find focuses or talents or something on there. And they're like, Oh, what book is this from? And uh, I don't remember if we added in references into the builder to say, Oh, this, this species, you can find that in this book or this talent, you can find that in this book. Uh, Cause I think if, if it's not there, it might be cool to add that, especially if you start bringing in the continuing mission content. Uh, Cause then that way fans at a glance and say, Oh, that's a, that's an official Modifius thing or, Oh, that's a continuing mission thing. Or, or that's a fan made thing uh, just to help people map into where, all the cool stuff is if they want to go find more information about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're right. <laughs> that is a good thing. Uh, I think at the moment, if you are looking at the list of species in a sufficiently wide enough browser, so mm -hmm. if you're doing it on your phone, you might not be able to see this, but if you're doing it on a desktop thing, I think the species will give you a reference to which, which book they've come from. Okay, and cool. I mean, at the moment, 
the only place where I'm doing stuff that's not from a book is in the MPC generator. So, mm -hmm. and that's really about values, focuses, stuff like that. So no, there's no awesome. place at the moment where I'm, you know, throwing in new talents, et cetera. Every, every talent that's currently in the system has originated in a Modiphius book at mm -hmm. the moment. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I mean, there, I think with, especially with species, you know, like there are so many species that I, I, I love and just, I'm, I'm likely to never see in an official book, sadly. Like, I love the binars. I want to see the binars show up again, you know? Oh, never say um, never. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Uh, or at least, you know, all things being equal. If, if, if I have my druthers, we will get there eventually. Um, I'm still hoping it's it's still on my wish list to do... <laughs> Uh, to, to do era source books like that was one of the that was one of the main things on my wish list way back seven years ago when i when i when i knew i was going to start working on the game i like I, I pulled out my my note cards and i started writing down the long list of stuff and i, I had like a hundred things after a couple hours but uh um doing some sort of era source book for next generation if i get my druthers and i get to do that book i'm absolutely putting binars in there somewhere uh, plus all those all those weird interesting species that we saw in next gen uh, that just don't appear like the Antikins, the Salayans, especially yeah. like the first couple seasons, right? What about the science alone? Just the science and the probes and the technology that was yeah. never, I mean, there's so much when I watch stuff, I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. I start statting stuff out like a duck blind, a holographic duck blind. Why, why, why don't we have a holographic duck blind? <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'm, I've always been rather partial. What are they called? Is it Arcanites? the gray-skinned alien that you see in Star Trek four. And he's like mm -hmm. the one who's like at the control table with a weird little headset, you know, um, <laughs> coordinating some sort of disaster recovery. I just love the makeup on that particular. <laughs> Have we not done the Arcanites? I thought for sure we had the Arcanites somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm currently I'm currently doing the NDA sign to a uh, gym. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Jim? <laughs> okay, we better move on. <laughs> Jim, you're, work, you're working on too much stuff at once. You're forgetting what you're working on. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> I'll move on. Uh, my, my, my esteemed uh, co-host is telling me to move on, so let's move on. <laughs> okay, I have another question about the random NPC thing, because I, yeah. I really, again, I've, I've literally probably generated about 200 characters with this thing. Um so so how did you research the names because I did notice that also and I can't tell you how happy I am because in my game we have so much pleasure naming the ships after either non-human stuff or even non-anglo uh scientists mathematicians women from other countries maybe that lived a thousand years ago and created a spec you know error so so how did you get all of these names in here because that was one of the best things that i saw as it was generated i didn't have to change the names yeah so uh um i i started off like going by nationalities so i would i would say okay let's make sure that we've got you know some the major nationality is covered. And so like, you know, making sure I had a representative sample of like Chinese names and in Indian names are like <laughs> among the first I threw in there because, you know, those yeah. populations are so huge. Yes. And I also think they've always been underrepresented on, <laughs> on Star Trek, sadly. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Considering, uh, considering the population and yeah, totally. Yeah. Like each, now we're seeing it with, with Star Trek, in comic books, especially, I'm noticing more even the comics and the novels, where it's a more representative of what the makeup of the Earth is more likely to be in 400 years. You know, 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep branching out and adding more and more like, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> Scottish names was actually a surprisingly late addition. At one point I realized oh, I, <laughs> I haven't included Scottish names. And I also have like a little bit of code so I can get, you know, um, the cases like where you have somebody who has the first name John, but their last name is Japanese or something like that. Like there's, there's okay. some special code like that, you know, mostly, um, mostly if it like picks a Swedish last name, it will try to find a Swedish first name to, to go along mm-hmm. with it. Um, okay. but, but you sometimes get mixing. I, I have to confess, I'm kind of fond of the, the expanse take on names, which is like, we're 500 years in the future and, mm-hmm. You know, the nations have <laughs> merged and shifted and immigration has happened and people have all kinds of names that don't necessarily match how they appear, et cetera. <laughs> That's exactly how it, how it should be, too. I mean, yeah. I just think it was good. And then and then you have the values, too. How many values did you plug in? Because you have ones I had to actually go look up because you had Latin phrases in there that I've never <laughs> heard before. So I had to look up the Latin phrases. So how many did you pack uh, in there? I don't know. There's a there's a good number of them. Again, like, you know, um, several of the values are specific to the specialization. So uh, like Admiralty has a whole set of values associated with it. You know, some of them are just, you know, people from Starfleet probably have like the prime directive is important, et cetera. Um, Klingons don't tend to have that one as much, et cetera. Right. So uh, there's got to be like 200 values in the in the system at the moment. Um, there are certain ones I feel like I'm seeing disproportionate number a disproportionate number of times. Like uh, for some reason, I I often get the the value of I have a special someone back home or something like that. It's just like okay. shows up more than I would have expected or something. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. And I know that we. Oh, go ahead, Jim. I was just gonna say, you know what's what's fun is if. Uh... I mean, I know you're busy, but if you ever had a slow day or something and you really felt inspired, you could probably start going through all the products and all the NPCs and, <laughs> and start pulling out all the values, right? I mean, we've got probably, well, what, after seven years, we must have like a thousand NPCs um, all across all the different products. And uh, if you just start pulling their values out and just drop them right into the database, that would just be a whole wealth of more yeah. stuff to work from. <laughs> but so many are character specific because because yeah. you've always encouraged us, Jim, to pull directly from quotes from the shows when doing like characters, you know, that'd be hard. Yeah, so that, that's that been uh, great fun. I, I really enjoyed that. And and like you, like, you know, sometimes I'm just trying to test these things. So I like, I keep generating things saying, am I going to get a Swedish name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put Swedish names in there. Am I going to get a Swedish name? <laughs> well, that's definitely a good one. So great update on that. You've made me waste plenty of hours <laughs> with it. So thank you. <laughs> that's update number two. <laughs> and update number three is I now support the ability to export some characters in a way, in a format that is uh, supportable um, by some of the virtual tabletop products out there. At the moment, I'm currently supporting two virtual tabletop products. I, I support um, Fantasy Grounds and Foundry VTT. I didn't it's know not, that. You know, not that I'm trying to diss <laughs> Roll20. I'm definitely not. Uh, it's just people <laughs> were asking me about those, those ones early on. <laughs> um, and so those are the ones I supported first. <laughs> okay. So talk to me, tell me a little bit about that process. Cause I don't actually yeah. play on Foundry or anything. So talk to us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, at one point on discord, I got pinged by somebody who was, I think actually they first were talking to you and you had 
said, you know, hey, VC's on Discord and a couple of other places. Like, you know, send her a message directly. And, <laughs> and so he did. He, he sent me a message to say, hey, is there any chance of it being able to support Foundry VTT export? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I think that's theoretically possible. <clears throat> um, and uh, I initially made a mistaken assumption. I thought he was uh, he was somebody who worked with Foundry, but he was actually just a player who used Foundry. And so I got to a certain point. I'm like, you know, does this work for you? It's like, well, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to do anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I <laughs> I made a mistake. I, I I assumed that you you uh you were somebody who could actually import this sort of, sort of stuff. And so I got. I got the, I don't know, like 80% of the way there. And I was figuring, I think I want to do it. Like, I think it's supposed to work like this. And finally, I just said, okay, I think I just need to buy a copy of Foundry VTT and, and like experiment with this. And so going back and forth, et cetera. Okay. Do you play on it at all yourself? I myself have not. Uh, th that's not completely true. Um, uh, I was a player in a Coriolis campaign um, where uh, the the GM of, of that game was was using Foundry. Um, and to me, it was like, oh, this is whole new. I, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. But, you know, conveniently, like that was my first, you know, dip of the toe into the Foundry world and into the VTT world. So I, I knew enough about what it looked like. I knew enough about, you know, where some of the things were I, I was supposed to be clicking. But, you know, like the first time I downloaded Foundry, I was like, how do I even import a character? Like, I have no idea how to do this. And, but, you know, like <laughs> Google answers and <laughs> yeah. And so, out and <laughs> yeah. And so when I'm looking at it now, I gener while you were talking, I went and generate something. So you would export for VTT yeah. is the yeah, option. Click, yeah. If you click that, you get a little dialogue box and it'll say, which VTT do you like? And, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> what's, what's particularly neat about that is that, um, so in Foundry VTT uh, actually has a, library they call them compendiums in the, the foundry world um of the sta stuff so if you're trying to create a character they have a library of like you know here are all the weapons that you can add to your character and here's you know different talents that you could add to your character etc um and so this this compendium also includes a lot of little icons and things uh, so i actually figured out how to say okay if i'm say trying to export say a nova class starship i could actually figure out how to export it in a way that that had the compendium icon for the nova class starship show up and so i was like hey i'm pretty <laughs> i'm pretty impressed with that two days ago i got the person who maintains that compendium for foundry sent me a patch which is like an update of code <laughs> and said here is some changes to the character creator that you could support more icons and have more stuff and and ma make it more seamless to go between <laughs> you know that the is so cool and foundry and i said wow this is so awesome <laughs> yeah I didn't know he was doing this. And just all of a sudden, wham, I got it. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> Jim always talks about the passionate fans we have out there who are supporting and making the game awesome. So that's so cool. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And so then the other one, of course, was Fantasy Grounds. Um, and so uh, very much like with Foundry, um, there was a enthusiastic user, uh, Felderberg, I think it was, um, was saying, hey, if you're going to do that for Foundry, could you also do that for Fantasy Grounds? And so, you know, they have a different format, but it was just a matter of saying, okay, well, maybe I'll just get myself a copy of Fantasy Grounds and experiment and try some stuff. What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? Et cetera. And eventually figured out how to get it there. And so it's not quite as far as support because it supports 
main characters, but not yet, you know, other types of characters and not yet starships, but I'll get back to that at some point. And of course, you know, at about the same time as adding support, the Roll20 support for STA came out and I was like, ah, I should get around to that. But... And how does your <laughs> how does your uh, fantasy ground uh, interact with the uh, fantasy ground uh, SCA version? Like, they, like, do they talk to each other pretty well? Or yeah, so I mean, they 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 talk to each other in the sense that you know, if I if I create a character and export it from the character generator into fantasy grounds, um, this they look correct in the um, in the uh, the fantasy grounds character sheets, etc. They don't quite have like the same references to to the same sort of talent. So if I have like the telepath talent, and you know I've ex- exported from the character creator and I've loaded up, I can see that this character now has the telepath talent, but it's not linked in the same way to like the the fantasy grounds telepath talent. Not that it really matters. Like you get the description, you get the name, etc. <laughs> um, but uh, there is apparently a way that you can click on on it and get you know uh, a link back to the STA references um, in Fantasy Grounds, and that link doesn't quite work. Okay, this still fascinates me that the fans are developing the game. I mean, this I, it's just I've never heard of anything like this before, where where fans are taking the game and putting into more formats quickly more or more quicker quicker quickly <laughs> more quickerly kind of quick, quicker than a company could do it right you know so faster more fastly <laughs> work speed <laughs> you, now you see what i deal with every day from my writers <laughs> i'm on pain medication stop it <laughs> you should be a writer <laughs> you're, you're not the worst culprit so don't worry about it <laughs> Uh, no michael you're right and it's uh i mean it's a it's a concern but to to some extent like what can you do right i mean when you when you're when you're publishing books and you're publishing pd it it is you know very minimal effort for a company or or for an individual to uh, take a pdf and rip it and uh, get all that content out and then turn that content into a database or upload it to chat gpt or i mean i mean there's just you're just taking it you're taking a calculated risk by doing this and uh, uh like I, I know certainly paramount wants to have as much control as they can over their product and like we know that uh, wizards of the coast can't or not wizards of the coast uh well i mean wizards of the coast couldn't do it but fantasy flight can't do it either with star wars uh because they they consider pdfs a video game or you know like a or something it's whatever their weird contract is deal with it which is why they can't sell pdfs of their of their books which is just a huge missed opportunity mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we I know how much STA makes on PDFs and for Star Star Wars not to be able to sell PDFs. I mean, they must be killing themselves because that's just revenue that's just out there that they're never going to be able to touch. But, um, you know, I mean, it, for, for somebody to take a PDF and rip it and, and put it into any kind of online database they want to it, it is always tricky because it's like on the one hand, you want to be supportive of the fans and you want to encourage them to be involved in the game and to create tools that are potentially more useful than what we're developing because like we've only got so much bandwidth but when you get a passionate fan who says well i'll take all this stuff i'll create an index i'll create a master database i'll do all this cool stuff i'll create a character generator and maintain it for two years or five years or however long it is it's like how, how do you i mean plus uh, when, when you have a and I'm, you know i'm not talking about bc in specific but just in general like when you build such an amazing tool that like everybody uses and it almost becomes indispensable and it becomes like a gateway to the games. Like, how do you, how do you pr- 
say no you can't do that it's like you're just biting yourself in the butt to do it and it's just it's really tricky and plus and then you've also got the whole international aspect of it where you've got international copyright and trademark laws are all over the place there's no consistency necessarily and then you get into this really really kind of goopy gray area of like uh you know well, you shouldn't be doing that and we don't want that up there and like if you're going to put this book up there or if you want to put you know game tools up there you know go this far but don't go this far because like if you put everything online then we're going to be out of business because we can't we wouldn't be able we wouldn't be able to produce books anymore because everybody would just go to the free online tools and uh and, and then wonder why there isn't any new content <laughs> it's because well, yeah the free tools <laughs> so it's a real tricky balancing act with uh with companies and it is the only one yeah i th- i think that in this day and age you know i remember when comic books started going to p started going to pdf there was a fear that people that comic book sales would drop and plummet because people would share the PDFs. And I admit at that time, the technology was not as good. Um, but then they eventually figured out a way with Kindle and comiXology, you know, all that stuff to, to, to work around it. Um, it ends up, I, I always wonder sometimes why I buy a comic book online when I could wait three months and get it cheaper because it always happens there's something about the immediacy and not wanting the spoilers that gets me. And I think Modifius for you, Mike Smith does the same thing. It builds up this loyal fan base of people who want stuff, but then it comes out what I feel it, it brings the collectors out who want that prime hard copy piece, you know, such those are art pieces. Everyone talks about the quality of the books. And I think that's what really gets people is they get the PDF. And then when they finally touch a book, they're like, Dang it. And then once you have two on your shelf, well, you got to have the third, you know, got to match the whole set. So it, I, I think to me, all of the fan base stuff supports the, um, the drive and the, the brand desire for, for more, you know what I mean? Um, I think you guys do a really good job at Modifius letting people create. It's just so cool. You know? Yeah. But I understand that balancing act because, you know, it's it's often, you know, important <laughs> to to uh, try to make enough tools available that the fans get enthused and 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 interested, but right. not give away the crown jewels. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the other the other challenge to this, too, is, um, you know, the I want I want to call them the industry leader, but they're almost an industry unto themselves, right? Wizards of the Coast is so huge and they have a multi-billion dollar company behind them. The things that they can do with D&D, like I, other than maybe other than maybe Paizo, there's not another RPG company that can do what they do with like the D&D Beyond uh, online compendium of all the stuff, right? And, and I know that fans, and I don't mean this to sound mean, but fans are spoiled with how much stuff is in D&D Beyond and how great of a tool it is. And, and to be honest with you, that's what you would expect from the industry leader after f- almost 50 years of being in the industry. Like they should be at the at the peak with, with these tools, these online tools. And um, I think fans are really spoiled because there's so much stuff there. It's just, I, I, and I get it, right? It's natural that they would want that kind of a compendium for every other game that they play, right? But the reality is <laughs> it's really really expensive and really hard to build that kind of thing uh and wizards of the coast has an advantage in that they own D, right they don't have to go to an external licensor to get that stuff approved or they don't have to go through another legal channel to deal with it whereas like for Medifius, like for 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 us to create a star trek adventures online compendium like D beyond it just wouldn't happen because we would have to go through so much legalese with paramount 
and CBS and everybody else, it would just be like, no, I mean, it would take us a year plus to <laughs> negotiate that, even if I thought we could, which I don't think we could, just given what I know about the inner workings of things. Um, so like, you know, I, I get that you want it, but like just there are so many different road roadblocks in our way compared to D&D or compared to like, um, oh, what are some of the other companies that own their own uh, IPs like uh, Paizo? um has owns a starfinder pathfinder uh chaosium i think chaosium owns runequest right uh so uh and and uh, uh pendragon so they could probably do it if they wanted to but then you have to think about scale right like there are probably more dnd players than there are any other rpg except maybe again you know maybe pathfinder uh pathfinder starfinder um i think too where it is yeah i i, I what's weird is i'm finding Star Trek Adventures is taking me into different types of role playing that I never had engaged in before. Um, for instance, the, you know, VTT, but even minis. So I have friends who have 3D printers. One of them is called Gamey Build. He's on YouTube. Amazing what he does. If you ever go look at his YouTube, he 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 tells stories and he builds models from junk while he tells the story and then it ends up in a final product well he has a 3d printer and um now i'm at the point jim where i'm like i want to build an intrepid class 3d print with the minis and i want it for my table where every day i can put it together and then i also want to start building you know alien planet and minis and stuff like that so i think there's also that market which i see people always asking about on social media about star trek adventures selling 3d stuff and i'm about to venture and i know my wife's going to hate it when i start taking up room with mm. <laughs> all these 3d minis yeah 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 i mean yeah i i, I like uh I mean, I, I had my mini phase, right? I was in Warhammer for a while. I was in, in Warhammer 40K and uh, Warhammer Fantasy. And uh, what I discovered though is like, like by the time I actually was able to paint, you know, assemble and paint something, a new edition had come out and like half my models were no longer relevant. And I was like, wait, well, okay, I guess I'm just, I'm just, this is just a painting, an assembly and painting hobby. I'm not actually gonna have time to play it. Right? Cause I think the one time I managed to play Warhammer Fantasy, I think I had a, a small, army build like maybe 200 points worth of skeletons that were primed right they were primed white and i was like you know what this is good enough they're skeletons they're white i'm good to go <laughs> well, yeah i think but, for uh, me i've been noticing yeah. di different type of players with different maybe neurodivergent players prefer more visual stuff and that's where i'm seeing it where i'm seeing the fans really starting to drive for that so this all goes to going bc to what you were saying again what what fascinates me about what you're doing on the VTT landscape is the fans and including you as a leader are making it accessible to so many different type of people, which is increasing the popularity of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that last point is really the opposite of, of what we've been arguing that's the last little while, which is that in addition, you know, there's a lot of people look at the creation of these tools as a risk. You know, this is going to make this available and that will hurt the sales of PDFs, et cetera. But the other side of it is like suddenly people are able to access some of this stuff for a lot less investment. And so now they're hooked a lot faster. And because they're hooked a lot faster, like, well, now I want the book to flesh out what's going on with this. And, you know, I don't understand what, you know, determination is. So now I need to go and buy the core rule book and to figure that out or something like that. You got to candy crush them. Candy crushes. <laughs> you got to, you got to figure out how to candy crush them. You're right, BC. 
Yeah. Somebody was saying, like, you know, it turns out people will do a lot for fake internet points, you know? <laughs> you really do. I, at my work, just so you know, our entire learning management system is incentivized with points. And then yeah. they can redeem those points for a company's swag. And it's funny how competitive people get. It's and it's such a simple thing, but it's all, you know, that 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 uh endorphin dopamine release. Dopamine hit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. Right. I mean, if, if I could figure out a way that we could gamify your platform BC <laughs> and, and turn it into like, I don't know, Modifius credits or something so that people do cool stuff on your app and then can turn that into product, you know, go buy, go buy product at a discount or something. Uh, talk, a- talk to me, BC. I, I am a, I literally am a certified gamification expert oh, wow. and that's what I used it at my work. So, so we'll talk offline. Well, I mean, you know, we'd never get it past Paramount anyway, because they would want their cut. <laughs> And I don't mean I don't mean to say that in a bad way. Like uh, you know, we we have a great relationship with Paramount, and they I mean they own the license, right? So they totally deserve a cut of any profits that would anybody makes off of uh, Star Trek, right? Uh, which is why their um, you know their copyright and trademark legal team are so hardcore about pursuing um, uh, you know people who are either intentionally or unintentionally stepping on their uh, their trademarks because that's the challenge with trademarks in America at least is that uh, if you don't aggressively uh enforce them then you have a chance of losing it and the last thing they want to do is lose their star trek uh, trademark so um you know they 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 are studious about that and i always feel guilty i mean this is a non sequitur by the way and forgive me for that but um i i feel bad sometimes when people are online posting about all the cool minis that they find from third-party vendors who are just making them for the sake of making them right because uh, you know, this is probably something that I haven't told anybody directly, but uh, as, as a Star Trek licensee, I am obligated to report that kind of stuff. Uh, so if if I'm seeing it, like, I, I don't mean to be mean, but it's like this, we're trying to protect the brand and we're trying to be good custodians of the brand. And uh, and so, like, I, I know there's a lot of uh, sites out there that uh, that are that are I mean, of course, it's not a lot of money, but it's still money. And when you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation, like the bean counters look at the bottom line. I'm yeah. about to see you. So hang on a second. Which is which is why I don't put any kind of ads on continuing missions. We have a lot of people going there with a the number one site, but it's like, oh, I'm not about to even deal with anything monetary on, on this because I just don't want to open up that bag of worms. You know, I I I have a comic book. It's trademarked, and I've had to protect it myself. Um, so I understand the val- the value of that. So so good work on that. BC. So that's our third update. Yep. And then number four was uh, when I wanted to start ever since the beginning of the year. In fact, I think I, I was even talking about this as a, an idea I wanted to have last time we chatted, which is the token generator. I was really awesome. interested in <laughs> having the ability to somehow quickly and easily create you know, an image of what your character might look like. <clears throat> so that was something I, I started to like talk to an artist um, to help me out with that. Uh, back in January and, you know, like the schedules needed to align. So it took a few months before I got, you know, some of the first art assets in place. But, you know, in the last couple of months, it started to come together. And, you know, now there's this this token generator. I can support a wide variety of, you know, different uniforms. There's so many, so many uniforms. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, mine is the first one that has gone beyond just the Federation characters. So. Mm -hmm. I've I've just 
started out with the Klingons. Um, but, you know, I also want to be able to support like civilian outfits that we've seen on some of the shows, you know, the Ferengi outfits, the Romulan outfits, etc. Um, so I have visions. It doesn't, it's not quite all there yet, but I have visions of being able to support a wide variety of different types of tokens. No, and again, like being able to use these in a virtual tabletop would be a, a cool thing. Um, yeah. So you can create the tokens and drop them in, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who knows? Like maybe we'll see some of them in the wild or, or maybe not. <laughs> I was I was really excited, uh, BC. I was really excited to see that token creator come into the builder when it, like when you brought it online a few months ago, whenever it was. Um, but at the same time, I my heart went out to you in sympathy because like I knew I knew the Pandora's box that you had opened up with 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 starting to do tokens because uh, during the pandemic we were exploring ideas on developing tokens for STA, and you know we haven't given up on it, but we it's just been kind of backburnered for other projects. And uh, like, I remember the initial conversations were like, okay, we have a 50 something year old franchise. Like, where do we even start? We've got 11 series, 13 movies, countless uniform varieties, uh, countless species, countless genders, all this stuff. And uh, you know, the, uh, the modern, and this is a, this is a, a note of love. It's not, it's not derogatory at all, but, but like the modern series costume designers love creating new uniforms right like every series has four or five or six very mm -hmm. uniforms and it's like oh the cosplayers must be loving it or hating it i don't know because they get to buy new fabric they get to design all these new uniforms but then when you're thinking about making tokens for the game for virtual tabletops it's like oh man we could do i mean this is a, like a never-ending opportunity to make more stuff because like we were doing the initial spreadsheet right and we we're like even just to do a basic set of like the eight species that are in the core book uh so you got you got eight species you've got at least three genders you got um three departments and so now all of a sudden it starts the math starts changing and, and just exponentially and then you go into you know you got you got hair colors hairstyles facial tones uh you know skin tones um you know, facial hair not facial hair all this uh, there's just so many options and i think at one point we looked at it and we're like okay we've got like ten thousand options here we got to stop because we can't afford to hire to pay an artist to do i mean even like little head shots right or head and shoulder shots um is is not cheap and we looked at our library of sta art and we're like well we have some options here we could do a you know a few tokens but uh to really do it well and the way we really wanted to do it we're like okay this is a much bigger project than we want to deal with right now so let's hold off <laughs> it's so amazing are you tracking the usage on this like how do you know how many people create or anything like that not really. Um, so a, a decision I made very early on was I was going to avoid, you know, tracking. I, I think that, you know, we have way too much internet tracking that happens. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really collect analytics. What I do have is like my server logs. So I can see, um, I can see behavior on my server logs. It doesn't give me like fine grain detail, but okay. you know, if I look in my server logs and I look for the word token, you know, I, I get, pages and pages of, <laughs> of output. So I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of people that are, are using it on a regular basis. It's Another thing I occasionally do is I can, I can actually see which, which uh, PDF formats are the most popular because they, I can see them on my server logs as they're being requested. Oh, okay. Uh, and so every once in a while I go into that and I'm like, I wonder what the most popular <laughs> 
Well, I, yeah, their PDF version, etc. Yeah, and I wanted really to encourage people to look at the token creation because it's it's, I mean. Mm-hmm. Being, I always say being able to see your character makes them more real. And so far, it's been very limited online. And we've posted them on continuing missions, avatar makers. Um, this one is really, you can get to where you want to be you, pretty much. I mean, I know it's not every species in here, but what a fantastic start. We have one of my players just created 15 characters that we rescued that were from a time lost ship. Uh, T Enterprise era, and he used this to create 15 characters. I was like, whoa, that's how I first learned about it, um, that you had that there. So fantastic work on that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There's something you didn't mention either, oh. which which last time was not as advanced as it is now. So if I go to Star Trek Adventures, uh, the page, and I was to create an entire character and go through the entire um, uh, process of character creation, you did a huge improvement on the export PDFs and I got to compliment you on it. Let me tell you what it is because with new players, it made the world of difference. So not only did you make it so that the talents are listed so that they can read them and they don't have to refer to them, but you also created a version of a two page version where the most common type of actions are listed there so there it's a reference sheet their page is also a reference sheet for playing the game thank you for that bc lifesaver for new players well thank you i actually was inspired again a beta tester uh shared with me a a a word document that uh that uh that they were using you know to to create character sheets um and i said oh i kind of like the sort of information that you're putting on here but you know I want to see it in Elkar's format, et cetera. <laughs> so I spent a day, you know, fussing around with uh, Illustrator and and I was surprised at just how much text that ended up being. <laughs> yeah, but it really has everything for we. I keep new players very basic. I don't go into really deep rules with them. Um, and so it had everything that we needed for for people starting out. And they were like, this is so they thought it was all me. I was like, it's not me. <laughs> I was like, this is a site I go to. Uh-huh. I, we, I think we had a conversation on one of the social medias about uh, every time people are posting things about, oh, here's my character sheet. Does this look good, et cetera? And I'm always like, you know, I'm less interested in the character that they've created. I'm always like, what, what cheese is that? You know, what, what are people using? <laughs> so I'm always like, you know, calling it, oh, that's that sheet. And <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of varieties too. You have a varieties, but that's so far my favorite one, that version. If you choose to do it movie era or TOS era at some time, you may, but not necessary. Yeah. So I think the two sheets that I've heard people ask for a few times, I just haven't had time to get around to it. Um, so the one is uh, somebody wants a movie era, like a few people have asked about a movie era sheet. Um, and, you know, like I've seen some sheets on the intertubes that, you know, are, are designed in, in a movie era format, but uh, uh, the the resolution on the versions of the sheets that I've seen isn't great. Um, so I'd probably have to like rebuild it, et cetera. Yeah, um, Jim ran across that problem when they were designing the Utopia Planitia book. There wasn't a lot of assets on the internet, if I remember right, isn't it right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, because uh, because that stuff is so old, I mean, I mean, not to say it's so old, but I mean, it's 30 years old and uh, 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 digital archiving was not what, what it is 30 years ago. And so even even Paramount um, 
has only so many assets that we can pull from. And so we had to get creative on what we were doing. And in fact, I think Lee, when he was doing the uh, layout for the Utopia Planitia book, I think he had to um, like hand hand create most of those assets um, to match what we, we we saw from, you know, screenshots and, 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 you know, the handful of book references that we have. In fact, I remember again, another non sequitur, my apologies. Uh, back in the day, somebody had uh, published a, a sticker book for the, for the first couple of movies and had all the beautiful um, artwork that they had created, all, all the labels and the iconography that they had created for the movie. And they turned it into a sticker book, which was awesome. Um, and I found a copy on eBay. And then I literally scanned all those images <laughs> into the computer and sent them to the graphic designer saying, here, let's, let's find a place to put these. Um, but the scans didn't work for the purposes of a high res, you know, a book. So they had to, you know, recreate everything. So it's just unfortunate that we didn't have uh, um, better resources like we do now. I mean, now I can uh, I can I can contact my people at Paramount and say, hey, you know that you know that map of the Klingon Federation War that we saw in season one? Can you send me that so I can put it into the discovery book? And they're like, yep, here you go. <laughs> so just well, I'm, world now. I laugh too. We got we got to laugh. Let's talk because since, since BC, you know, we're kind of in the creation thing where. We, we do a lot of free stuff just because of our passion. And I do kind of crack up. And so if people are listening to this. I do kind of crack up at the people who get, you know, complain about the free stuff that's out there. It's like, it's free. We're not getting paid to do this. <laughs> and some people will come out like, well, you need to do this. It's like, well, okay, but I could not do anything at all. Right. You ever come across that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, occasionally, uh, occasionally people are, are, I don't want to say unhappy, but like, you know, you can see that people are a little disappointed that some things just aren't in the the uh <clears throat> the character creator yet. Um and you know, like I, I get it. People are are enthused, they want to play <laughs> the game the way that they love it, etc. And I, I totally get that. But you know, I'm also only one person who does exactly. on weekends, et cetera. So um, I, w- I would say the best thing they could do to encourage us is to be thankful and just encourage us to keep getting, you know, I- energy more. I know, I know that people ask, for instance, for random tables um, and they weren't perfect on continuing missions. They didn't really have to be, you know, and it's just like, okay, I hear what you're saying. So I'm not going to go back and change work, but moving forward, I'll try to adapt as much as possible. So you all encourage us by just thanking us. <laughs> Although I will say that in in my case, like some of the things I'm finding really helpful, like I just mentioned a moment ago, the 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 person who sent me a, a, a code update that basically said, here's some stuff that makes the Foundry VTT export better. Felderberg sent me a Romulan character sheet at one point and said, you know, hey, here's a character sheet that you could support if you wanted. And I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's collaborative. Every, that means everyone's stone souping it, which is exactly. always a great <laughs> so, way to go. That's a phrase I haven't heard before. Michael, can you elaborate? Oh, sure. Really? Okay. So there's an old story, an Aesop fable, I believe it is. And uh, there was basically a hungry like beaver or something. And all he had were, all he had were stones, a pot and water. And so he threw the stones in the water. And when people would come by like the rabbit, he'd sip the water and be like, oh, this is so good. And the rabbit would like, I want some. He's like, okay, but before you have some, you have to contribute something. And he'd contribute 
carrots. And then the porcupine came by and they saw the rabbit and the beaver, you know, or the rabbit and the, the beaver sipping this and say, I want some. Well, you have to contribute potatoes. Well, before long, the moose had brought, you know, radishes and someone had brought something else. And soon everyone was raving about this amazing soup the community had cooked, the beaver had cooked, when in actuality, he just showed that contribution makes it so much richer and you're like a really good stew. And I kind of feel that that's what we're doing with these Star Trek adventure products is everyone just pitch in, collaborate, and we'll come out with an amazing stew of product. (laughs) There you go. Stew Trek Adventures. <laughs> uh oh, lower decks, lower decks. Yeah, there you go. Cool. All right, cool. So let's talk a little bit about the future. Thank you for all the updates on those updates. Um, BC, um, I have a question. Are you going to do anything with Captain's Log? I totally am. <clears throat> so at the very least, character creation with with the uh, Captain's Log is definitely a thing. I, I think that going farther than character creation gets us into that weird world of, you know, like, <clears throat> you want people to buy the books. And, <laughs> you know, like I can see the argument that says it'd be great if I didn't have to flip around between the random tables, but you want people to buy the books at the same time. <laughs> so definitely character creation, you know, after character creation, we can figure out what, what if anything we should also add. But definitely character creation. Yeah, I, that, I think that's the logical place from there. We again, we appreciate any effort you put toward that, right, Jim? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I mean, I, I know that when we were developing Captain's Log, and and once we saw that the character generation was so close to the SCA life path, you know, adding in the the stuff from the player's guide and adding in the stuff from the Klingon core book, which by and large is already in the builder, right? I think what what you're doing is you're just taking out the language for character talents and determination, right? Because you still got focuses, you still got values, you still got your um you still got your your disciplines and your attributes and your race or your I mean your species, your role, all the background stuff. All that's the same. Um and of course I I am not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, it would be a life light lift to do that because I know how much hard work you put into it. So I'm not even a BS about that. But like just visualizing the builder, I can say, like, are you going to create a Star Trek Adventures character? Are you going to create a Captain's Log character? Boom, boom. And then you're off onto the diversion paths or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky point um, going beyond that. Like how much do we put any of the tables in there? Do we put like the most essential tables in there? And like, what would you even do with it? Right. Like, cause like we could put the core game loop in there, but like it wouldn't do anything. It would just, it would just be there. Cause there's no, there's no branching off of it. And uh, we're not in a place where we can take captain's log and turn it into an online app. Cause that we would have to charge. We would absolutely have to charge money for that. Cause uh, that would be, you know, taking the book, <laughs> you know, killing the value of the book. Um, so, yeah. you know, I've been saying someone should get the license to do that because playing on the phone is the way to go. I mean, you know, and and now people are talking about Obsidian to write the stories and and there's dice rollers, of course, that are free to like you could literally play on your phone yeah. uh, if if you had an app to do that. But we'll, that we'll, being said, uh, though, mm-hmm. there is probably some gray area where like BC, if you were, if you were thinking of continuing to evolve the tool into where like you're adding non-Modiphius content uh, along with, you know, Modiphius content, you could conceivably build additional tables like what, what Michael's doing on continuing mission. You know, here's another focus table. Here, here's another values table. It's not stuff that's in the book, but it's, it's related or it's more, right? 
and, add-ons. Uh, yeah, Ad- add-ons. Candy Crush. Candy yeah. Crush. And I bet there's a way that you can say, you know, use the use the the builder or like use the book initially to come up with some stuff. And then if you're not thrilled with what you came up with, hey, here's a whole bunch of other tables that you can roll on. Uh, so I, I can certainly see value um, in that for sure. But I, this is a whole conversation we can have. <laughs> well, it's funny. We, we, me and Jim just had a conversation with Starfleet International, right? And this will be part of that interview. That, that, that will be come out before we air this. But we were talking about the future of RPG and apps and stuff like that to make it more accessible. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes do you see any comments on that ideas hmm. i mean <laughs> the sky's the limit with apps right like <laughs> there's so many things that are possible and you know for me it's always been a question about like you know trying to be respectful of the ip and <laughs> the stuff that people own um <clears throat> but there's so many things that one can do like <laughs> yeah i look forward to it <laughs> Yeah, I think the industry, I'm just waiting for someone to really wake up in the industry to that and just develop that where people can download a 99 cent app, but then all of a sudden start add-ons and points and that incentive, you know, I I think it's there. I think, I think Captain's Log would probably be the easiest one because it's solo play where people don't have to rely on like a team to do it, but we'll see. I like, I like putting it out there in the universe and being pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Have you yourself, BC, uh, I know you've talked about Captain's Log. Have you looked at the book? Do you play solo RPG? I've never asked that. I've never played solo RPG before, but I have the book. <laughs> I've been reading the book. In fact, coding has already begun. <laughs> so that's a cool thing. <laughs> Good. And what, what's your first impressions of a solo RPG since you've never played it? Yeah. So it, I have to confess it. I had to spend a bit of time, like, you know, scratching my head thinking, does this work? Is this really RPGing? Is this thing? And like, <laughs> have a whole bunch of uh, intriguing questions about like, I guess this, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same response when Jim asked us. <laughs> Me and Jim had the same response when it came across the table. <laughs> That's but cool. It, the implementation of it is quite neat. I, I think that, you know, the the whole idea that, like that, I think that any way I've ever tried to imagine like playing with oneself before, can't think. But okay, so let's say I've got a mystery plot, and I've come up with a mystery plot, but it's not a mystery to me because I came up with it, right? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have you ever journaled any kind of RPG or stories before? I mean, I've I'm I've I've written in the past. I'm <laughs> I'm a published writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so I I I I am a writer. Uh, and I do, you know, like create stories, et cetera. Um, I guess the whole, you know, <clears throat> the idea of writing a story about a character that I'm running and then being surprised by something that's happening, you know, is is the part that's kind of novel and new. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm to here. And then, you know, I roll on this table and like, oh, I didn't expect that coming. Okay. So how does that work? You know? Ah. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to look forward to you trying it. I want to hear your feedback on social media. Hit us up and let us know what you think about that. I'm I'm curious, especially for a writer, because we talked about it. There's a lot of writer prompts. It's it's about writer prompts is what it is and figuring it out in an interesting way. So since you're a published writer, that's going to be good to hear your take on that. All right. Anything new to come that we should be aware of that else is happening with the. Sorry. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I mentioned earlier that uh, lower deck support is is now in place, or I think the 
online the the version that's currently online like has the the new character species and talents uh i've already implemented the starships but i'm just waiting for one last uh, thing i'm updating to to uh to push that out onto the the actual version i'm sure that by the time that this airs you know it will have been out etc um and then you know the thing that is my passion at the moment is the the token generator and i just you know have a goal to like really broaden the number of species, the <laughs> number of uniforms, et cetera. Um, I, I suspect that there will always be uniforms I will probably never get around to, like <laughs> the motion picture uniform. <laughs> it <laughs> is in there. Nobody loved. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh, you're right. No, no sorry. You're right. Wrap of Con is in there, but not motion yes. picture. You're right. <laughs> yes. The, the pajamas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a very small loyal fan base that wants motion picture era uniforms but uh um it, and again this is this is the thing we were challenged with uh back when we were thinking about tokens like do we do everything do we get do we get picky just knowing that there's gonna be fans saying well you've done this and this where's this and it's like oh you just can't win because there's just so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and like you know one of my frustrations with other tools is like i've never felt like the species the number of species was as representative as I wanted it to be there. There are always like species. I just was sad that we're never really <laughs> available, et cetera. And <laughs> until we get a book of, that has the binaries in it, you know, like it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to include them. <laughs> oh, well, see, and, and I'm noticing that you don't have them up there yet either for how much you love them. You should have binaries <laughs> up here. And, 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 and the, the fact that, you know, Jim Johnson, I don't see packlids either. So that's a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. the packlids will come at some point. But... All right. At the moment, the list of species that I'm, I'm currently using is a subset of the list of species that I can generate characters of. Um, so <laughs> I can't currently generate characters on binars. <laughs> so therefore, I, can, I can't do token art on the binars either. And I, I can break that at some point in the future, but that's, that's the way it's currently implemented. That but uh, I just I've started to get into some of the, you know, like I think I, I implemented the Saurians very recently. Um, <clears throat> so like they're an interesting case because like the saurians <laughs> i have a category i think of as a rubber-headed aliens like if you pick the saurians like you don't really get different eyes that you can choose or different noses that you, can choose. <laughs> you pick the saurian and that's what the saurian looks like and you can tweak a couple of things but not very many <laughs> yeah all the, basically skin color is about the only thing that that, that gets tweaked on yeah. them which is cool <laughs> very fun <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i wonder if there's a way that you could uh I never mind. I'm getting in the weeds. I, I was just saying, like, if you if you were able to create one the look of one binar, then you could like you know just just shift it up a little bit so that there's two there, or just have a shadow of like you know binars <laughs> and then that other twin species, the Miradorn. Um, you know, make make it a two pack or something or a four pack. <laughs> Very cool. Well, again, I have to say thank you a million times, BC, for for all this work. It's incredible. Six months ago, you were on and it was already incredible. And now it's even more. And, and I love watching people as they drop the link to, to the website um, in social media. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. So you're, you're equal to, and pro probably definitely more popular than continuing missions. <laughs> I think people, because I know, you know, how I know, you know, why I think I know this is because when I go look at the stats for the links that people click out to the most, yours is the site. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But I, I think Sorry. that doing missions is like this incredible resource. So you have so much stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But people want to play. People want to create, create, create. So you're perfect for that. All right. Yeah. Anything else you want to share before we take it out? 
Nope, I think that's it for me. <laughs> All right, Jim. And, yeah, only because I, I don't remember if we asked the last time you were on the show, but do you happen to have a, a website or a Patreon or a tip jar or anything? <laughs> I do not have a Patreon or a tip jar. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I have a, I have a reference on my credits page. That's <laughs> that says, you know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't have a buy me a coffee link. Cause I can't imagine anything that people want less than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I do have a website. So bchomes.org is my primary website, although blog.bchomes.org is the thing that I've updated more recently. Um, I don't think my primary website has really updated in the last decade, which is kind of sad. And then uh, I've recently been on uh, Mastodon as my primary social media outlet. So I'm at bchomes at tech.lgbt. Um, so that's my Mastodon instance. I've, I've, given up on the X site and I've never really been a big presence on Facebook. Um, so Mastodon is my social media home and discord, of course. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And cool website, lots of stuff, things she's thunked, bunch of books, spiritual <laughs> things, geek chic. So I uh, definitely find a, find a peruse, but, but, yeah. but I just want to, I want to encourage the fans like, you know, so if, if there's no means to, to to thank you in 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 practical ways at least at least find a way to send an email to to bc to thank her for all the hard work that she's done on this builder keeping it going for a couple of years and, and evolving it because um uh it's an incredible tool and uh i don't want the fans to ever take what you do for granted because it's easy to do that right when you do such a great thing and you keep it updated so regularly they're going to come to you and say well why aren't x in the builder why aren't x in the tokens like blah 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 it's like okay sure we get it right you want this stuff but like just remember this is this is totally unpaid volunteer work for the love and 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 try to appreciate what you have right because a lot of other games don't have anything like this and we are extraordinarily extraordinarily fortunate to have you being working on to to be working on this consistently uh so i, I just hope the fans are, are able to communicate with you and tell you how much appreciate how much they appreciate what you're doing because uh, uh, I know I don't say it often enough and I'm just glad you're on the show again so that we can say thank you uh, right right thank to you. Exactly. I'm all bashful. <laughs> you, yeah, you just make the game better for everybody. So and make it's such a good entry point for people. All right. Well, that's my gratitude. My gratitude is going to UBC. I don't want I don't want to overshadow that at all. So let's let you do your gratitude and then we'll pass it off to Jim. Sure. So for my gratitude, I would like to uh, shout out to the people who have actually helped to make the, the character creator better. So uh, Christopher, obviously, as the original creator of the, the character creator tool, but also the people who have been helping with the internationalization, beta tester, Mr. X, Daniel Yodeman, uh, Michael Prangenberg, and uh, Felderberg and Michael Prangenberg have also sent me, you know, contributions, code contributions that I've really valued. That is awesome. And that is Awesome. Super fans. We love you. We love you. All right. Good. Jim, you want to take us out? Yeah. I mean, thanks to all of them. And also thanks to you, BC. Uh, that, that is my gratitude for tonight is, uh, is your make you are, you, you have inherited an amazing tool from Christopher and you've taken it to the next level. And um, I just can't wait to see what you do with it next. And, uh, and, and gosh, one of these days I'm going to wear you down and find a way that we can properly thank you for all this. Cause I know you've resisted that for a while now. And it's like, I can send you free stuff. I can send you stuff. Like, like, tell me what do you want? I will, I will send you everything. And you're like, no, I just do it for the love. It's like, come on. 
because <laughs> yeah. I, I hate like i don't because I, I i'm really protective of my freelancers like i want them to be paid you know well and appropriate for all the work they do because i know how much work they do and i know they do it for the love and i know that if there were unscrupulous people they would absolutely take advantage of that and i hate that i hate that that exists in the industry and um so i'm, I'm going to keep bugging you <laughs> and i'm going to keep coming to you and saying look please tell us what can we what can we help you with what can we do uh to to help you know Anyway, you've heard this before, and I just want to say it again. But uh, thank you so much for all you do. It, it, it would—I don't think Star Trek Adventures would be where it is now if we didn't have that builder available for new fans to get into right away, building a Agreed. character and then getting into their games. It is such an incredible asset to the game uh that it's just amazing that you're doing this uh so thank you for that uh also thank you to the fans uh, as of course as always i have to say thank you to the fans uh for supporting the game supporting each other like i'm so excited every week i'm on the discord and i'm on especially the facebook group and uh that we always they always announce the new members that come in every week and like there's always a big uh rush of people saying oh welcome to the group and uh all that stuff so i'm just grateful to see the fans being supportive of each other uh so thank Thank you. That's right. Cool. And remember, if you want to see BC in social media, uh, she's definitely on Discord the most. That's where I connect with you the most. And also Facebook, the Star Trek Adventures Facebook group. All right, then. <clears throat> so the conversation continues and so does the adventure. Look forward to hearing from more people on social media. And BC, we will see you again next time. IDIC. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk to you all real soon. Bye bye.